Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's up, players? This is the talk of champions, franchise player. Always boss player. Forever. Welcome into Franchise Player, crossover podcast of the Old Miss Spirit on 3 and Inside the Rebels 247. I'm Ben Garrett at Spirit Ben, and he's David Johnson at Rebels 247. Hey, buddy. Well, how are you? Signing day uh, kind of came and went, not with a whimper, but it was a dud. Yeah, if, <laughs> you know, if, if you want to look at it that way, you've got a JUCO offensive lineman who who did spend a couple of years at Wyoming in Monotamani, and uh, you've got a six foot five kid that weighs two ten, buck naked, that is definitely a project player. But he's got a frame, could carry 265 pounds or so. That's what he told me they want him to play at. And uh, if they get 265 pounds on that man, he's going to be tough. It's set up to be this way now. It's it's kind of inevitable that the February signing period is going to end up being a dud because even if Ole Miss didn't get done what it wanted to get done in December and sign the smallest class by far in the SEC – there's still not going to be a lot of activity in February just because that's how the calendar has been set by the NCAA with the advent of transfer portal. So even if like Ole Miss had hit on all of the guys we knew they were in on, it still wasn't going to be the splashy day that it used to be just because that's how it, it that's just how it is now. I want to speak to Jonathan Davis. This was not necessarily a battle down to the wire for Chris Johnson or I mean, Chris Jones or CJ Johnson or, you know, any number of kids that through the years we've seen that. Right. This was a kid that just emerged late in the process. He had a growth spurt and, um, you know, he, he's still got to develop. And, you know, I, I don't write it off as that big of a loss. I was hearing the same thing you were hearing, maybe even a little more so that um, Ole Miss felt like they were going to get him. But at the same time, you were also hearing parents, family, most of the people around him 
Mississippi State Bulldogs. That one out in the end. And, um, you know, good for Mississippi State. Not bad for Ole Miss. Not bad at all. I mean, so, you know, I, I think right now fans are making a bigger deal out of it than it actually is. Well, that's um, because they're, they're kind of leaning into the old days, though. Yeah, I agree with that. We're talking about recruiting battles in, in Jonathan Davis that in the old days, yes, that would have been one that you'd have counted as a miss or whatever leading up to signing day, but there would have been about 11, 12, 13 different decisions on this day, including his. And it's just not like that anymore. So they put all of that old-timey feeling about recruiting into it, that emotion, that old-timey emotion into a Jonathan Davis. And I kind of miss that because like what used to be the one traditional signing day in February was like a national holiday. It's like the Super Bowl for college football yeah. outside of the, the national championship game, which is pretty much the same things every single year. This was the day that hope truly sprung eternal for every single you know school in the country. And it's not like that anymore. If like you had to get up at five in the morning and stay tuned until well after lunch, we're talking about three, four o'clock. And sometimes you'd have late commitments at seven or eight. And it was an all day affair and it had all the national coverage and it's lost now. And that was a real marketing and money-making opportunity that that college football was taking advantage of, and now it's just not there. Yeah, I kind of knew this was going to be a short uh, day from a, a, a recruiting-focused standpoint when Ole Miss moved the presser up to yeah. 10 Yeah, You know, that's the first time I can ever remember in the history of Ole Miss football that the, the, the finale signing day press conference was held – at 10 o'clock in the morning. Right. I mean, that's uh, that, that was saying a lot. But spring practice, just a few weeks away, March 21st. Um, I think you and I both will be getting back from South Carolina right around the start of spring ball. And, um, you know, what a quarterback battle. And Lane was asked about that for the first time earlier this morning. And, um, you know, he, he gave the diplomatic coach answer, proud of Jackson Dart, all that he had, uh, had accomplished last season. But let me say this. Spencer Sanders is a full-grown man. When Lane talks about comparing the two to a draft pick and an NFL veteran free agent, I think he's dead on right there. I mean, I'm telling you, Spencer Sanders – he, he about needs to shave with a bush hog, if that makes any sense at all. And uh, Jackson Dart, probably not many whiskers on his face. Now, that doesn't mean anything about how this quarterback battle is going to play out ultimately. But I'm telling you, you look at Spencer Sanders, and, and there's no way I ever see this guy holding a clipboard on a college sideline. I don't see it in him. That's going to be the storyline to follow. And why I bring up, you know, today being a dud, not because of what Ole Miss did or didn't do so much as it just stinks that we've lost that National Signing Day fun day and going on trips to see guys commit, going to their commitment ceremony. Oh, you haven't lost it? It comes in December now. It's just not the same. Like the build up to it, there's too much going on in December football-wise. February had its own day for college football, and it was awesome. But here's what I'm saying. Like when you look at Ole Miss's overall haul, and I saw this on my message board at the Ole Miss Spirit on three, how would you grade the overall off-season coaching staff and, and recruiting hall now that it's done? Because today is the final day. It did end with a whimper, but that's because that's what it is now. How would you grade it? Because that's a really tricky question. From the Texas Bowl, not counting the Texas Bowl, up until right now, 
coaching staff changes, recruiting ads and, and subtractions. When you consider yeah. everything, what's your overall uh, grade? I mean, there are some factors in there that really pushes the grade upwards. Number one, and Lane said it today, he called five, uh, he called Pete Golding a five-star coaching hire, and he was exactly right. Um, so you have that. You have not only Spencer Sanders transferring here, who would have thought that, but Walker Howard's here now as well. And then, you know, getting Sunterine Perkins, getting Aiden Williams, there are some extremely glowingly bright spots in what Ole Miss did so far in this recruiting class. Remember, we've got one more round of transfer portal recruiting to go through. We do. And look, it's not over right now. These, these transfer guys, you're already in the portal. They're free to come at any point. And Ole Miss is free to go get them. Yeah, but assuming so, that Ole Miss isn't going to go land – a Spencer Sanders seismic kind of shift of a land. How would you grade it? Because I think I would grade yeah, it. I'm, I'm giving them an A. I'm giving them okay. an A. I would give it a solid B, and it's inflated because of the quarterback room, which is great, but you can't play three quarterbacks at one time. So yeah, then that's that's the 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 thing that you stick in the mud on is you know how do you bring this group together? Whatever this group ends up being, how do you bring them together, and how do they push through adversity? Now, you know, last year's portal class, number two in the nation, it was to be celebrated. It was celebrated, but it fell apart at the end. And, and not all of that were, you know, was on the players, but they lost five of their last six games, three of which I'll go to my grave saying they should have won. And, um, you know, so that's what's going to ultimately matter with this team. And that's a new dynamic we have been where, you know, used to the old saying was, you don't know how good a recruiting class is until three or four years down the road. Well, now you don't know how good a portal class is until you see it on the field. They're, they're different guys, different, different demeanors, different attitudes, and it all has to gel together. And, and, and if Ole Miss failed because there was controversy in that locker room last year. There was a lot of adversity, if you will. Uh, if they failed in any one area, it was bringing together that talent and keeping it together. Um, and, and for that, we can talk about the 23 class until the cows come home. But that's what's ultimately going to matter. How will this group pick itself up off the mat and get going again because they're going to be on the mat a time or two next year. We, we all feel like we feel that already. You know, you got to go to Georgia, you play Alabama. Those are going to be tough games. Well, Lane Kiffin was pretty animated in his press conference, his signing day press conference on Wednesday. Here's everything Lane Kiffin said to the media on Wednesday. You guys have heard me say it before. These signing days are not what they used to be. Um, we've already had one press conference on the last um, December one. So, you know, certainly seems like almost everybody signs early nowadays. So um, not a lot of action today. Um, <clears throat> you know, comparable. It'll be interesting to see the percentages when they come out. It feels like it's like 90% sign early now. So 
um, you know, signed a few kids today um, to add to the class. Um, it's kind of strange even looking at numbers because, you know, you have the first class, you have this class, then you have transfer portal guys that everybody follows closely and potentially transfer guys that haven't started school, so they may not um, be on our list even though we have their papers. So um, just kind of some strange rules around that. So, you know, I think this one says 28 or 29 guys on it. So, you know, I think when it's all said and done, including the next window that opens up, you know, that'll well be over 30 players um, again this season. So that's <clears throat> kind of the world we live in now. Um, your rosters are changing. We have a whole new set of issues, um, you know, to deal with as head coaches and coaching staffs that, you know, your roster turns over so much with all these guys leaving, coming in. Um, you know, it does make it challenging, but everybody has the same challenges as far as, you know, culture and, um, you know, creating that just because you have so much movement now. So uh, we did add some guys today, um, you know, that add to the previous 12 high school kids that were signed. So we are excited about that. And I guess this is our first time really of having the majority of the portal guys uh, able to talk about that. So added a lot of spots there, had some leave like everywhere else around the country. I still think um, much like the year before, we had much more significant players come in and go out through the portal. And I think that's really the challenge now is everybody looks, okay, what portal guys are you getting? It's really the balance of, okay, you're always going to lose your guys that are done with eligibility are going to the NFL draft. You know, now it's really kind of like the NFL, which we've said we've turned into a professional sport that, you know, as you look at free agency, what did you lose in free agency? What did you get in? So, you know, trying to, to win that battle because you are in a, a day now where nobody's going to keep all their players. Um, it's just too, it's too easy for kids to leave. Um, you know, and uh, when they don't like something. And so I think eventually we'll see a lot of things cleaned up around this. These are um, a lot of challenges that we talked about when NIL and um, Transfer Portal came out and almost at the same time. And now we are here, whatever year it is, with both of them combined. So um, we are a professional sport without really um, you know, a system in place to handle these kids being treated as professionals as far as, um, you know, them, be, them being paid, which is awesome. And I've always said, uh, we just don't have a system in place around it with proper windows and contracts and them being employees because, you know, and you got to figure out, do you sign high school kids or portal and what's the balance there? Because it's great to sign high school kids, but what are the percentages that you're going to keep those kids now? Because as you see around the country, if they don't play good, they leave because they want to go play somewhere. And if they play good, they go because they get bought, you know, to go make more money somewhere. So a ton of challenges there, and hopefully eventually someone fixes, fixes the system and uses some type of pro model that's all over the place in every other professional sport, but, but this one. How do you decide which high school guy you take as, as opposed to 
you know, we're likely to pass on him and maybe evaluate him down the road. I mean, is it whether a guy can play right away or you think he can play in within year two? Or how do you how do you sort of make that evaluation? Yeah, I think it's just got really complicated. Um, and it might be easier sometimes if you just don't, you know, look at analytics and, you know, try to figure it all out and just say, okay, hey, that guy's a good player, we'll take him. But I think now, at least my opinion, you have to look at everything. Where's the guy from? You know, what's his personality? Is he the type that, you know, is more apt to transfer? You know, you got to weigh in all those things um, that come with it. And you're just in a strange time because eventually when that guy plays good, you have to recruit him to stay. I mean, we're when a window closes and we don't lose significant players, you know, in a window, it's like we're celebrating keeping our own players that weren't even in the portal. We're just keeping them from you know, going other places because it is a constant battle. Um, and I know other coaches have the same problem. We obviously talk. And, you know, you have a great player like Quinshawn. You know, he's one of the most recruited players in the country over the last few months. So that's very challenging and exciting, which sounds crazy when the window closes that he's still here. Because um, you've seen other very significant players around the country, you know, moving. And it's just unfortunate. You know, when you talk to these coaches and this, you know, the kids come into them and say, hey, I'm going into the portal. Okay, well, what are your plan plans? Well, I already know where I'm going and I know how much money I'm making. You know, the deals are already done. So um, that really hasn't been the case for us. But I know, um, and it's been written about, you know, some issues of very significant players around the country, you know, being bought away. And that just needs to somehow be fixed um, and create a real free agency. You've had a couple years, now everybody has of this kind of new world cycle, and you've touched on a lot in some of your answers already, but is there a way to now kind of map it out and have a strategy, or is it like it's going to be fluid every year? It won't be like it was the year before, even in recruiting with NIL and the transfer portal. Yeah, I think until someone, you know, takes a hold and fixes it, you know, you're going to have these constant issues. Um, and you know, as you guys know, I don't give coach speak, so I kind of come up here, and I think a lot of people appreciate that because I get a lot of messages from people, fans, especially the media, that appreciate, hey, we know when your press conference comes, you're going to tell us what's really going on out there. And you, like I've said before, you have free agency without really proper windows, um, you know, and you have pay for play. I mean, you know, I don't think it's any secret that what the NIL was <clears throat> intended to be and if you had awareness, you would know it was never going to happen that way. The way they set it up is it's, it's pay for play. And how much money do kids get to go places? Um, and if I transfer and go there, how much am I going to get versus how much if I stay? Um, so it's, it's very challenging. Um, and, you know, it just feels like you're in a constant battle of you're in the middle of recruiting like you always were, and then you're recruiting your own kids and the, you know, out there you would think it's you're recruiting your kids once they go in the portal to say, no, it's not. You're recruiting your kids not to go in the portal because they're being recruited, um, especially the significant young players. Um, and the value of a young player that you can come take, like Quinchon, <clears throat> is more valuable than the great high school player because now he can't leave again. So now they're you know, actually recruiting even more or significant 
you know, money um, being offered to someone like Quinshawn because now you have him for the next two years, um, no matter what, really. And <clears throat> they can't leave you. So it's very complicated. A couple of transfer quarterbacks, including uh, Spencer Sanders, a guy who's really experienced. Can you kind of take us through the decision to bring in those two guys? And uh, is this an open quarterback battle again? Yeah, I'm very excited about the quarterback room. Um, I was very concerned about it um, from just pure numbers. You guys could figure that out. Um, and my job is to put together the best roster every year. And, um, you know, <clears throat> we, were, we had a chance to bring these two guys in. I think Jackson did a lot of great things last year. I think Jackson, I know Jackson, if you think about when he initially played versus the middle and end, he dramatically improved um, for a young quarterback. We're very excited about um, him continuing that. And we were able to add two guys, one more of a veteran, kind of if you look at the NFL model, you know, a veteran free agent quarterback and then a, a really young one, um, more of a draft pick. So uh, the quarterback room is dramatically in a much better position than it was a year ago. And that's really our goal with our whole roster and every position every year is continue to improve it like we talked about what goes out versus what comes in um, and trying to win that battle. So uh, that, that'll be very exciting to see those guys um, develop and to also you know, work with the young one too. It's impossible to give a number on this, but when you look ahead to the next window in May, is there kind of an idea in your mind of how many more guys you'll be bringing in at that point out of the portal? I, I don't know. Again, there is no way to map out a plan anymore exactly of what you're going to do because there's too many variables. You've got multiple windows of free agency. Um, now the SEC to SEC window's closed, but everything else isn't. So you can say, well, here's what we have, so here's what we need. But then you, you're going to lose some of your own again, too. So you don't know that. And like I said, you're going to have surprises in this. It's not just going to be what it used to be. Okay, here's your disgruntled players that <clears throat> they're not playing very much. They were a highly recruited player. So we all know, okay, they're going to go transfer. And I said this at the beginning of it. This is going to go the other way. You're going to have really good players play well and actually be happy where they're at, but they're going to get offered to go make more money. Or they're going to, what they have now is a chance to opt into free agency, which why would anybody not do that? See what's out there, um, you know, to make more money. So um, that's what's happened. And, um, and a lot of People get to the parents, not just the kids. So, you know, you're trying to protect your own kids and talk to them why they should stay. And then all of a sudden, you know, <clears throat> these other schools get a parent. So this is a constant battle. And I don't know how to do the numbers part of it and say, okay, <clears throat> after spring, this is what we need because we'll, I think the analytics are going to show you're going to lose more. What is, I guess, given everything you just talked about, I mean, how hard is it to get to 85 when you have that? kind of a hard cap, is that something that needs to be looked at in your opinion, given the uncertainty that you just described? Yeah, I think before, <clears throat> um, you know, you always had the challenge of figuring out your numbers because you didn't know early on going into your, who's going to go to the NFL draft. Well, now you have who's going to go to the draft that you may lose, which was always a good problem to have because it meant they played really well. Now you have this whole other thing, which again, to say the same thing, you're Players that aren't playing as much as they want want to leave. And then your good players may want to leave because 
especially a parent gets involved. So, <clears throat> and there's been documented cases of that nationally where one of the best player on a team, on a very elite team, all of a sudden goes into the portal out of nowhere and he already is going to another very prominent program. Um, so, like I said, you don't have, from the beginning, there is no professional sport that has a setup like this um, because it just, it wouldn't work. Um, it's why they, you know, they have setups and they have windows and they have contracts so players can choose and sign, okay, I'm going to sign a one-year, two-year, three-year, four-year contract. And that's not what any of these are now. You may have just answered what I was going to ask. Obviously, in professional sports, they're employees. They yeah. legally binding contracts. Is that the only solution to take care of the things that you're talking about? I don't get into a lot of that because I can't control that, and no one's going to listen you know, to coaches on that stuff. So I don't know that. That has always seemed to me, and I don't study it enough to know the other issues that come with that, of that they should be employees because they need contracts because that's what they're doing. They, they have contracts but we don't really want to say they do, but they do. So <clears throat> they need them and they need to have years on them and um, so that they decide, you know, hey, this is what I'm doing. But right now, um, I mean, it's crazy. You have kids go to a place and say, hey, coach, I was really thinking about switching to you, but, you know, I'm just going to stay with this, sign, try it out for a year, and then if I don't really like it, I'll come to you guys a year from now. I mean, just – that's not good. That's not good for college sports. That's not good for a kid because, again, now kids go into this and it's as soon as something doesn't go my way, I leave. And that, that's not how you want kids going into things. And that's going, that is an issue and that's going to be a major issue. Um, and I think you saw that at a national program this year where it started happening in the season when things weren't going well. And kids went, okay, I'm going to used to say, take my ball and go home. It's really, I'm going to take my money and I'm going to go to another place and get more. And I'm not mad at the kids. It's, they're maximizing this flawed system. So I, I commend them. I don't think we've gotten the chance to talk to you about Coach Golding yet. Um, how did that decision kind of take shape and, and why is he a good fit? Uh, that was really awesome. There's no, I mean, we're talking about signing day, you know, um, and you guys talk about stars. That's as five star as you can get. Um, and this has nothing to do with that you're beating Alabama and all of that. This is a great coach that um, everyone that's worked with him has always said from the beginning, even when he was at smaller places before that, that he was brilliant upcoming. And um, Coach Saban even talked about it as one of the best interviews he's ever seen. Um, in the first interview when he interviewed him. So um, just a very unusual situation that someone at the top of their game, um, you know, you get to come here. So um, there were, <clears throat> you know, some family things that helped us there with, um, you know, uh, his wife's family from here. And so uh, that, that, was, that was great, kind of like in recruiting, there's advantages. So um, we're really excited for them to come, he and his family to be here. and. Um, you know, to really help us, um, not just on defense schematically, obviously, like he will, but he's been a phenomenal recruiter, too, and one that we've had to go against. You kind of got into it earlier, but more specifically, can you talk about the traits um, you look for in young offensive linemen 
uh, like the five in this signing class? Um, I mean, it's all different. <clears throat> you know, center guards, tackles, and what we're looking for. Um, we really like athletic guys, you know, <clears throat> um, that can play multiple positions, um, which there's some of that in this class. Uh, you know, that you can always move around. And again, you know, you're always going to be in this where people are leaving and coming and going. So <laughs> the, more a the more a player could play multiple positions, even more valuable up there um, because you'll be thin at times. You hear Lane Kiffin, and David, I'm not convinced that a lot of that wasn't frustration for maybe Jonathan Davis, maybe a few other things, but that we could see a renewed or a different kind of approach for him and his staff, including Pete Golding, who's got so many deep roots in Mississippi, for the 2024 high school class in particular. I think they're about to change their approach. Yeah, and, and you know, people who were critical of this staff for maybe not paying enough attention to Mississippi um, – on my message board, they were shouted down. And now a couple of things have happened. Number one, the 24 class is loaded with talent in Mississippi. There's no doubt about it. Secondly, you know, I don't think there's a driving force on this staff that is in Lane's ear going, I've got this kid in New Jersey. I've got this kid in Pennsylvania. Let's go get these guys. And, um, you know, I, I think, uh, you know, Pete Golding has, has a lot of Mississippi in his background. He played college ball at Delta State. Uh, his wife is from Mississippi. He's recruited Mississippi forever. And, um, you know, I, I think that changes the complexion of the staff a little bit, you know, if you will. Your national champions are back for another exciting year of Ole Miss baseball. Show your support for both Ole Miss baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation by signing up for the Pledge Per Win and Pledge Per Home Run campaigns. Donations are charged every Monday, allocated into your blue priority point total, and are up to 90% tax deductible. So sign up today by visiting givetoathletics.com slash donate. That's givetoathletics.com slash donate, or call the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation at 662-915-7159. That's Ole Miss Baseball and the Ole Miss Athletics Foundation, 662-915-7159. And Ole Miss fans, Morgan Wallen is bringing his One Night at a Time tour to Vaught-Hemingway Stadium April 22nd and April 23rd. Tickets for both nights are still available and start at just $78. To purchase, visit morganwallen.com. That's morganwallen.com. The car buying process can be a lot. I know, I've been there. You just want to get in and out with a new car and the best deal. Simple. Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford keeps it simple. They're going to take care of you, get you in and out with your new vehicle with a great deal. Their inventory right now is priced to sell, and what separates Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford from any and all competitors is they aim to address each of your needs with the utmost respect, care, and attention to detail. Contact them today at 662-234-8000. That's 662-234-8000. Stop by and see them in person at 2201 East University Avenue in Oxford. That's Alan Samuels Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram of Oxford to find your next perfect car, truck, or Jeep. Alan Samuels, let's be friends. The signs of summer are here. Freshly mowed grass, days in the water at the ballpark, and all the rest on the golf course. Well, that's how we do it over here at Oxford and Ole Miss anyway. And PXG Golf Apparel is here to make sure you're locked and loaded for round after round at University Course or Oxford Country Club. 
PXG has taken its mission to create the most high-quality, high-performance golf clubs in the game to their new line of apparel as well. With PXG Apparel, there's something for everyone. From pants, polos, and sweaters to hats, joggers, and skirts. You'll usually find me with a hat on my head, and PXG has nailed the fitted breathable. And my navy goes with pretty much anything. So don't wait another second. Elevate your style game on and off the course with the PXG Spring Summer 2024 Collection. Head over to pxg.com TOC and use promo code TOC for Talk of Champions at checkout to save 10% on all apparel. That's pxg.com TOC, code TOC for Talk of Champions to save 10% on apparel. PXG, a proud sponsor of the Talk of Champions Podcast Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's a new year, and that means setting new goals for yourself and your family. And there's no better time to throw financial goals into the mix. Because the past year has been stressful for lots of people, me included. So why not take this opportunity to reevaluate where you are financially and where you want to be down the road? And that's where my friend Thomas Chandler comes in. Thomas is a financial planner with Capital Financial Group and wants to help you set your financial goals and work towards a more secure financial future. So give them a call today at 662-296-0186 for a no-cost consultation. That's Thomas Chandler at 662-296-0186 to get started today on your journey to financial health today. I think it's high school talent and recruiting high school talent in general that's going to change more than anything, more of an emphasis on it. Not necessarily that Ole Miss is going to in any way pull away from its portal recruiting and emphasis, but a renewed purpose there in high school recruiting because Ole Miss has got undeniably some really good kids in this class. Sonny P, Aiden Williams, uh, Braxton Myers. You can keep going. A number of guys who could really play, but you need more of them. You need more of them. They're, they still only sound like 14, 15. And while, yes, the portal is first and foremost for Ole Miss, and it has to be because that's how Ole Miss can hang with the Alabamas and Georgias or at least be on a playing field in contention with them, they have to fo- focus on the portal first. But getting more quality guys in here, and I think that's something that Pete will bring from Alabama because the best of the best programs like Georgia, like Alabama, and Ole Miss is nowhere close to those programs, but they still aspire to reach those, those kind of peaks. Um, those programs are very selective in the portal. And if Ole Miss could ideally get to that place, it would. For now, it can't because it just doesn't have the personnel. But I think that with Pete Golden, Lane Kiffin, and with 2024, that class, not just in state, but nationally and the way they're constructed now with the coaching staff, I think you're going to see more of what we were used to seeing with Ole Miss high school signing classes. Maybe not 25, but I don't think they're going to sign any less than 20 this next class. Well, I love the fact that what you're seeing them do with the 24 class, man, there are offers going out left and right every day. And a lot of those offers are landing 
inside the Magnolia State. Now, again, the 24 class is really good in the state of Mississippi. I think it's probably better than that 2016 class so many years ago. But, you know, okay, your arch rival is kind of spiking the ball on you today because they beat you out for a three-star defensive lineman. I would just say be patient. I mean, you wait till December, and uh, I think Ole Miss is going to get all the opportunity in the world to uh, spike the ball back if you catch my drift there. Jim Ono, the four-star offensive lineman who visited Ole Miss last week and committed to Penn State, that's not surprising as far as him not committing to Ole Miss because there just wasn't a lot of optimism even after the visit. Another one, though, that happened today that was surprising, unlike Jim Ono was Demoy Kennedy, the transfer from Alabama. Now, he'd given his, like, private pledge or whatever to Pete Golding, but that doesn't mean anything. We, we both know that. And there was a lot of momentum there, and it felt like that one was going to get done pretty quickly. And then it soured. It just kind of went dry, and we didn't know where he was going to go. We thought it was back to Alabama, and he ends up at Colorado. Help me make sense of this. Well, it's Deion Sanders. I mean, there's there's no doubt about it. I mean, you know, Deion is is one of the most accomplished human beings in the world. And if you go play for Dion, maybe some of that rubs off on you. And, uh, you know, I, I get the attraction. I understand it from a football player's perspective of wanting to practice, play, work for Dion Sanders. I understand that totally. And, uh, you know, I, I think you're going to see more and more of that. You're going to see more kids flocking to Boulder to play college football and smoke weed is legal out there um, you know, in the years to come. Ole Miss got a lot of good players, a lot of good players through the portal and through, through two high school signing periods, and there's another portal to go. But that final grade, if you're trying to come up with one, is inflated because they got three quarterbacks and you can't play three quarterbacks. That's a good point. It is inflated because of that. And not only, I mean, not just two quarterbacks, two great quarterbacks. Great quarterbacks. Two of the best in the portal. And, um, you know, I, 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 what does that mean moving ahead? I don't know. Like, if you're an Ole Miss fan right now trying to figure out how to feel about this offseason of recruiting, whatever, would you trade? I'm not saying which one. Would you trade one of your three quarterbacks to have Davis and Igbenosin back? Probably. No, I would not. I think, I, it's, I, I think it sets up perfectly. Number one is if Spencer Sanders comes in here and beats Jackson Dart out, then Spencer Sanders deserves the job, okay? And then Walker Howard is the future, no matter what. He is the future at quarterback. Yep. And um, no, I wouldn't I wouldn't trade him to have Davison back. You still have remaining needs. So whatever that, that position is for you, maybe it's an edge. Maybe you say, all right, I'll give up one of my quarterbacks to go get an edge. Would you do those things? Because I don't feel like the roster, as much improved as I think it is in certain spots, there are still some obvious holes in my opinion, which is not where you wanted to be after the first three of four recruiting windows I wouldn't give up a quarterback because sooner or later and and I pray it's later you're going to have a snake loose in the quarterback room and everybody's going to get bit and everybody's going to get injured and you're going to end up having to play that number three quarterback Ole Miss has been somewhat fortunate with that but sooner or later that's going to bite you so I like having a deep and talented quarterback room oh me too it's by far the deepest and most talented quarterback room Ole Miss has ever had 
I just wish that Ole Miss wasn't still in the place where it's having to pick and choose. Ole Miss raised $10 million in NIL. Like, I would hope they'd be able to go keep Davidson Ibanosa at a knee position in corner while adding Zamari Walton. And, you know, what, what's up with the, with the kid from North Texas, Deshaun Gaddy? Yeah, don't know. Don't yeah, know. know. He is not he, he is not enrolled. Yeah. They did not announce him yesterday. So I just wish Ole Miss could have taken right. its, its $10 million and, and gotten the quarterbacks and the edge and you the had two a roster. You had a roster to maintain too, Ben. Yeah. I, I mean, that roster took a lot of that money. And look, strike up the band, bring in the cheerleaders, <laughs> open your wallets. Because if it's $10 million this year, I don't think it's far-fetched to say it's going to be $20 million next year. Until, until yeah. and Lane Kiffin preached on this today, somebody comes in and goes, we're going to fix it, and this is how we fix it. No, the only way to fix it at this point is to cap it, and I don't know how you do that at this point. You can't cap what somebody's self is worth. You can't do it. But you make a really good point about the going, right? It's like NFL quarterbacks. Everyone scoffed at Dak getting $40 million. One gets paid and resets the market. It's not like everybody comes up to meet Dak at $40 million. Now he's going to be like number eight because Daniel Jones, who's not as good as Dak, or maybe they're equal, he's going to get more than that. It's like the price consistently will go up unless something drastic happens like capping it in NIL. And I just don't think that's ever going to happen. So we're just going to say, if, if you're pleased with $10 million this year, go ahead and double down because it's only going to get worse. I was a kid, okay? And I, I remember this front page cover shot, an article in Sports Illustrated. Joe Montana became the first million-dollar football player. And everybody was, like, shocked. Who is going to become – Old Miss's first million dollar man because it's going to happen in the next two, three years or so. I mean, Quinshawn, it's going to be Quinshawn. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, okay. Quinshawn goes out and runs for 1,800 yards this year, scores 20 touchdowns. How much to bring him back for that third and final year? Well, I mean, it costs you half a million to keep him this year. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he's probably going to be worth a million dollars. All right. That's one-tenth of what your budget was this year. I mean, think about that. And Lane, to his credit, is telling everybody, this has got to be fixed. It has to. You know, and Lane, Lane, of course, every coach in America wants to be viewed as siding with the players, you know. But, but this is madness. It's madness. I mean, they're signing a contract with an outside entity to pay them this money. But, you know, outside of what's directly in front of you, the season, there's nothing else keeping them here. Nothing. Somebody comes along with better money, hit the jetpack, baby, get out. And that's that's kind of what we're faced with. And And, you know, part of it is sad. Part of it is exhilarating because – I've seen so many horror stories following college football of kids not being able to pay their gas bill or their electric bill or take their girlfriend out because they've exhausted their scholarship check. And meanwhile, the AD and the head coach, not our AD, not our head coach, this is metaphorically speaking, you know, they're, they're dining at a five-star restaurant and, you know, taking, 
vacations to Europe and stuff. And the guy whose bag they've made the money off of is broke as a goat. And, you know, so that part of me, I'm so excited that that's over and done with at this level of college football, you know, but it ain't going to work guys. It's not going to work. It's got to get fixed. It's broken already. Well, now that we talk through it, you still giving them an A for everything? Yeah, considering a. considering what they had to navigate the slippery the the slippery slope of everything constantly changing. I mean, look, do you think they knew Davis and Igbignosen was gone when they sat down and created a, 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 some kind of plan for how they would handle the portal? Tysheen Johnson would be gone. They didn't know these things. So it's almost like you're in a fist fight with one hand tied behind your back and, and, and somebody is clobbering you in the head and you've just got to take the punches and, and, and do your best to punch back. I get it. I get it. And it's so frustrating where, you know, you've sat down with a kid and you have come up with a plan and money and it's not enough. It's not enough. Um, I, I know they get frustrated because it frustrates me. So if we average it out, my B and your A, B plus, A minus, which one yeah, are we saying? Yeah, I'd say B plus. I'd go with – I'd lean more towards B plus. I mean, again, three quarterbacks, as you said, can't get on the field at the same time unless you're running some kind of screwed-up trick play. Um, yeah, yeah, B plus. We, we need an edge defender. We need two edges, really. Um, you know, I, I think we need another linebacker or two. And, and, and you know, you, your hope is Suntarine Perkins is going to be able to come in here and start from day one. But we just don't know. I mean, his high school tape looks like he's capable of it. But, you know, there'll be some other really good football players that'll decide that for him. I hope he gets so, a really good number because I'm putting a lot of, like, Ben's hopes and Ole Miss dreams into Sonny P. Oh, uh, 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 single digits for sure, right? But, yeah, has to be. I want to see something be. a little different, though. I haven't, maybe, you know, number one would be really, really dope. Who's got one right now? Mingo had it. Well, He's Mingo had. I was thinking anybody have it defensively because they do the double numbers. Put Sonny P in number one. That'd be awesome. Wasn't it Tashim Johnson that wore number one on defense? He wore zero. Zero. That's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, and, and there's there's another bright spot you're talking about there. You know, one of if not the best recruit Ole Miss has ever recruited. And um, well, he's, he's, he's second to Laramie Tunsil because everyone's second to Laramie Tunsil, but he's right behind Laramie Tunsil. Yeah, yeah. Laramie Tunsil, you just, you know, he was a built-in left tackle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's just – there's no topping him. There's not. Unless you got the best quarterback to ever come out, then no, there's no topping him. A few weeks away from the start of spring ball. And, man, I mean, you know, what are you now? Seven months away to the start of the season? Seven months from today, fall camp starts. David and I will be there every step of the way with this podcast, Franchise Player, Talk of Champions. 
Check out his site, Inside the Rebels 247. Mine's the old Miss Spirit on three. He's at Rebels 247 on Twitter. I'm at Spirit Ben. It was fun, man. We'll do it again. Always is. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.